1: Bill
2: George. Bill George. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden Gunn, John Swindle, Bill George, and Diego. We're all here in the studio today. If you'd like to uh, chime in on the show, you know you're more than welcome to. Uh, It's 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. During the break between hour one and hour two, I went and I swiped uh, Tom Free's video, and I put it up on our Facebook page so that you can go... You wanna see how you do a food plot? That's how you start. <laughs> That's how you start. You that bunch of a, rookies. A, let me a, show you how it's done. That wow. is a big old Well, you know what? He's a he's a retired fireman, so he knows what he's doing and he, you know, went through the proper channels, did it the correct <laughs> way, piled up all the cedars, let them lay for two years. Got good and dry so it didn't get out of hand.
1: Pot. You know, and that's the funny part, like you're saying about cedars. You ain't gonna pile them up for two years, pile them up for like twenty minutes. It, it, <laughs> is it totally against a fireman's, you
0: know, core To start a fire? To start a fire.
2: I, I guess not. Not when it comes to your food pot. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like downtown Tampa, yeah, probably a bad idea. But uh your your food pot getting there started, no, nah, I think it's it's acceptable behavior. Uh, but it's a big one, and it's – uh, I mean, it's – it literally, when you look at it, you're like, dude, where is that at? Uh, his neighbors down the street, when I say down the street, about a mile or so away, took pictures of it, and they sent them to him. And they said, this is what it looked like from my house. And, I mean, it was just this huge column of smoke going up into fire. a clear sky. Yeah, it was really uh, – he really did a great job of it.
1: Now, a now, fireman noticed a lot of fire like that, though, because I keep hitting – beating a dead horse because – it takes out all the stuff that you have to worry about. So if there ever is a wildfire, it's easily controlled. Well, I was no watching
2: them do the 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 backfires or whatever mm-hmm. you call it, where they backburn and all that kind of stuff to create a barrier. And mm-hmm. all. they did. I mean, dude, it was they didn't just I, go out there and throw that, a match. That out is there. one
1: thing I will uh, expertly comment on the folks for the forestry department in North Florida and all that. They are very, very eager to come out and make sure all of your fire breaks and everything else are in working order up there, and they do a pretty good job of it. So,
2: so maybe they can help you uh, with your little uh, food plot problem out there, Bill George. So I'm a little not, further north. Than so him, so, so that. you don't have little George out there with a rake and machete clearing everything? Yeah. So you know, those oak trees are not easy to get to with those $9 machetes.
0: No. <laughs> You but, still
2: chopping on that thing? It's been a week. Come on, but, man.
0: But but George was out there with a, a a rake and a pitchfork picking stuff up and moving it and dumping it and trying to get ready to put some uh, seed out up, up where those palmettos were. Too. That's
2: okay if you're doing like a little tiny food plot out there but that that if you're gonna, pile, that old you're gonna do larger areas big.
1: like that my my professional advice for you is is go look at a, a device i like to call a cane knife and it's a act it is a utensil that they have that has a axe handle about a three foot long axe handle and then it's got that nice curved two foot blade on yeah. it yeah Oh, my
2: dad used to call that a bank hook. Oh, man. Get it's, out there and well, chop all axe. those Yopon trees. brush axe.
1: Trees. That's, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I've heard people call it a brush axe. Like I said, I've bank heard a a knife or whatever. But you can, with that thing, oh, there's it, it, it ain't like swinging a machete because you ain't got to put a whole lot of. No, lot of weight. We, we used to use
0: that uh,
1: out in the Land Lakes area, an old, old
0: orange grove that got replanted mm-hmm. with pines. And when you wanted to thin out the bottom limbs on the pines, you just go along with that, and it was just – popped pop them right off, clean that up, boom, double-sided. Just done the, deal. The, uh, the, the open area was not so much of a problem. It just was all the debris where the palmettos were that I had so much debris that I really needed to get rid of some of that debris.
2: Palmettos are such a pain. They are such a pain to get through, and, and especially –
1: Oh, it was your berry harvest.
2: I look at the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you harvest them before you left. No. Uh, it's like when you drive over to Venus, Florida, and it's nothing but palmettos and those tall, spindly pine trees. grow <laughs> And you're of just palmettos. and you're looking at it just going, Dude. The, you know there's stuff out there, but there ain't no way I'm going to go through all that stuff to go get it. That's just that's just too much too much. Gotta have Kevlar pants to get through there. I've ruined so many good pairs of boots going through palmetto's no. Yeah. I'm done <laughs> hunt around them. Get around them and do what I got to do. Uh on another note, let me go ahead since it's beat up on Bill George hour. Uh I got a little uh Facebook message from Captain Beard who's uh complaining that we need to uh update the podcast.
0: Yes. I will try to get to that this weekend. Like go. I said, it's, I've been. Go, I've go been ahead, Bill. For Tell him
1: what I've been telling them. I'm only one man, and there's only 24 hours a day.
2: <laughs> well, I understand that, but you know, this is the worst. The part of year.
1: is, this is the saddest part. Diego
0: does 90 percent of the work, and gets and, you, it ready.
2: and and and, he, and his efforts aren't fruit or multiplied because he don't put it up. No, this is the worst time of year to actually ask Bill George to do anything. He's got turkey on the brain. Blah blah blah. <laughs> He's in robot mode. Big no, stuff. Which, get out, get out, get ready for next month.
0: No. Speaking of which, like I said, opening weekend of Spring Gobbler. I won't be here, but there's going to be another When date. will that
2: be, Bill George?
0: What? About the third weekend in March? I don't know. March 19th? The 21st and 22nd. Okay. Is the opening but, weekend. But then in the beginning of May, Youth I'm going to probably be out. I'm going to make a quick run up and back to Pennsylvania.
2: To do turkeys up there, yeah. Is Chuck up in Mississippi? Because I said I saw this morning that he said the Pickieun. That's swamp down or south.
0: That's in that's that's a, in Mississippi. No,
2: Picayune, Mississippi. Hello.
0: Well, there's also Florida.
2: There's a Picayune, Florida.
0: Yeah. Where don't is be, that? At? Don't don't be a Trump. Kansas City, you know. What are you talking
2: a, about? I'm not. Kansas? I didn't know. I had no idea. I've been here all my life. And I did not know there's a Picayune,
0: Florida. Well, listen, you don't turn around. There's this thing called myfwc. dot com, and there's wildlife management areas. Never heard of them. Yeah, exactly. You've been you've had the luxury of hunting public land your whole life. I, I
2: don't know. I don't. I've never heard of Pickieun. <laughs> They're Florida. private land. Is it a certain area or swamp or something? I mean, there's not a town called Picayune.
0: It's, it's the name of a wildlife management area. I, thought I it was don't in know Mississi- what it's named after. What?
2: I thought he was in Mississippi. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, up there chasing easterns. Oh, okay. That's, no, I just no, assumed that South he was Florida. in Florida. I did not know. Did you know that, Diego? There's a picune in Florida?
0: No, but Diego's smart enough to look it up.
2: Oh, really? No, he would. <laughs> <What do you laughs> not He's never even heard of picune anything. Have you I ever heard of I even know how to spell it. Honestly. See, exactly. There's a Q in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lord help picky
2: us un, picky times. So you going to try to work on that and get those up today?
0: Yes, or tomorrow, one or the other <clears throat>
2: Okay, well Captain, if you're still listening It uh, all
0: depends on whether or not I make a run out to the woods today Oh my,
2: I mean you do everything on your phone anyway Don't you?
0: No Can't do
2: it at 75 miles an hour? I think no. it's still legal, right? No. All right. 75? Yeah
1: <laughs> only on a dirt road. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. You know, he takes this come on uh, now. Okay,
2: while we have your attention, let's go ahead and go down the rundown. Let's first and foremost not forget that coming up on uh March 21st, let's go through the calendar of events. March 21st, Beast Feast is happening again this year. It's out at uh in Lake Wales, out at the uh L- FFA LTC, L- the uh what is it? Learning leadership training, C- training Center. Yeah, leadership training center. FFA Leadership Training Center. Out in Lake Wales at the end of, what's the name of that road? Fire Tower. Fire Tower Road, yeah. And
1: I, and I can say officially now, since we had to get through all the red tape, but officially there still is probably going to be an Osceola hunt on the uh, the old auction again this year. Really? So.
2: It's a shame that every time I go up there, there's just no turkeys up there.
1: Don't, you know.
2: It's so sad.
1: <laughs> you know. All I, I did last I'm going, year was... I'm going to check on things probably Tuesday to. Make sure everything's in working order.
2: All I did last year was drive around in a golf cart chasing oh. turkeys everywhere. <laughs> uh, every time we go out down by the creek or go up the road or back there, and then, uh, then what's his name came out and shot a big old hog in the evening. What was yeah. that one? What's, what's Carson? His name? Carson, yeah, yeah, he shot a big old hog out there. And we gave so, it so the we didn't sugar. know it was we didn't know it was going to turn into a hog hunt and go p- drag a pig out of the woods later on that night. But anything can happen out at the LTC. So we hope to see you out there. March 21st, Beast Feast. will have more details as it gets closer for sure. We are brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll get right back. George, oh, 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 go ahead. you Go. Let's hear that key. Ready? Go. go oh. Do it. <laughs> Come on, man.
0: It's like when the game officer pulls up behind you. You sing. Oh. <laughs> 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 ah.
2: Hey, uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. We were uh, having Hawaii talk during the break, but uh, Captain Mike Baird's on the phone this morning. How you doing, Mike? Good, Brayden. How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. I, I did you hear me? I beat up Bill George for you.
3: I, I heard you beat him up a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't want to get it too bad. He's only within arm's length of me. and He could punch me in the eye, and I got glasses on. So, yeah, you know,
1: yeah you that's you don't why get I'm I in between, you
2: Yeah, that's why we put Jonathan in between us. Because sometimes he makes <laughs> me a little irritated in here, for sure.
0: But anyway, I <laughs> are uh, gonna put. We're going to put Braden in charge. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Everything he said, will get done when Braden's in charge. He said that
2: uh, – oh, what is that? Was that a stab? I think I, I, felt, <laughs> something, I felt something in my ribs over here. Uh, I, I talked to him. He said he's going to try to get it up today, get all the yeah. past shows back up today or tomorrow is what I heard. All, today ac- or tomorrow. all,
0: except, all except for the one with the, uh, where he did the remote, which was all choppy.
2: Yeah, well, that was yeah, that 4G out there in the metal barn was not too good. Even Dega was like, dude, you guys just need to quit. <laughs> just go ahead and shoot it. Just let it die. Get Drag out of it there. it out
1: behind the Get barn. out
2: of there. Get out of there. They're going to drop napalm any second. Well, what's going on in your world, man? I mean, the fishing uh, freshwater side, anyway, according to everything I see on social media, everybody's still bringing out the bucket mouths, man.
3: Yeah, the guys that have been out there freshwater fishing have been killing it. The fish are bedding. They've been bedding pretty good for the last couple of weeks. But the uh you know, my world's salt world, salt saltwater now. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what the snook have been absolutely on fire for the last couple of weeks. Now. That's a lie. Be. That's a they lie.
0: That's be. a lie. There they're are no snook. They're The red tide the, completely destroyed. There them all. are no
2: snook left in Tampa Bay. Don't even try to talk that talk.
0: You know, <laughs> we have to. They're so bad. We have to have an emergency the snooker, closure the snook, to, the to let red them snapper. to yeah. let them come back.
2: Yeah, it's it's horrible out there, Mike. I don't know. We how shouldn't you're
0: making, be harassing those fish. I don't
2: know how you're making a living, dude. Seriously.
3: You know, both people. You know, there's there's people on both sides of that coin for for the people that support it being closed and the people that want it open. But you know, there's still a lot of areas that are still recovering. You know, Sarasota Bay is a lot better than it was, but it's it's so still recovering from what it used to be. Sarasota
0: Bay. Yeah, we don't fish there.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so close it on down.
0: Close if, it on down. If one restaurant has salmonella, you can go to another one and eat there. That's true. That's a good point.
3: Listen there, there, There is a point to be made for that. Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, we're not beating you up, man, because we know you got there doing it for a living. So, And and it is nice to hear that they're still out there. But I will ask you this. I, I brought this up to the guys before I came in. I said, you knew this was going to happen because I with all the closures, you can't keep snook, you can't keep trout, you can't keep redfish. Dude, I have never seen so many social media posts with boatloads of sheep's head in my life. They are. I mean, you want to talk about the next fish they're going to come after and say we have to have a closure for is sheep's head. Because
1: yeah, thank you because boat. all those guys that like to bow fish and everything else, that's like the number every one boat fish I everybody see. Everybody's,
2: everybody's got their limit, man. I mean, when you got four yeah, people.
3: Yeah, guys, the guys that are running meat trips, the, those guys are, are hammering those sheep's head for sure. They are. Um, I've never seen so many big sheep's head in my life as, as I've seen this year. They're huge. The
2: media. Well, you know, the only person I know that would actually go out back in the day and target Sheep's Head were a couple friends of mine. But then Richard, uh, Zach, you know, who's a spear fisherman who always goes in for Biggest Sheep's Head every year for the St. Pete Open and things like that. that that'd that be like the only Sheep's Head picture you would see on my in my world of social media. But, but now, dude everybody's got but boatloads see, that's, of them.
0: That's one of the reasons why they made the closure all the way up to Pasco. Pasco never had a problem, but it was to keep some of that fishing pressure from people who all could go to another place and target that species somewhere else. Well, what they've done is they've moved all that pressure onto other species. So,
3: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I agree with that completely. You know, I mean, the, the, the upside of them keeping that you know, the closure going is, is the fishing in, in Tampa Bay for the last year has been absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, it's only going to get better the longer they keep it closed uh, as far as, you know, the recreational guy goes that just wants to go out there and catch and release fish. You know, but for those guys that want to keep some fish, it definitely presents some new challenges for them.
2: Well, I, I, I made the comment on one guy who uh, made the comment, Dean Frazier, a buddy of ours, he said, I'm all for the closure, I can't wait for the Trout season them back up and they'll be even bigger and I go yeah and then they'll be too big to keep,
3: <laughs> I mean
2: I mean that's a problem you can let them close for a year and everything
0: to grow well, that's now everything's going to be over the slot limit. Well, things like the trout I think are much more dependent on the health of the seagrasses and and the habitat than if you close it from one year to a next, it, you know that's a lie
2: too, Bill George. Mm,
1: that's a lie.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> That just doesn't work that way. That, those numbers don't add up, man.
1: So. It's just brains the, world. Uh, we're all living in it.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. The sea trout bite's definitely been really good this winter in Tampa Bay. No um, a lot better than I've seen for a while. Uh, but there's still a lot of small fish out there, so it, you know
2: that you can't eat, you can't keep, you can't do nothing with.
0: And all these fish are just yeah. going to decimate. Yeah, the, but they're that sure fun to catch.
2: Dude, I I said this the other day. I was talking to Bill George at the Turkey Dealio. If it's all about catching fish, then Captain Mike should just show up out there with a cane pole and a pack of hot dogs. Because you can catch fish all day long. You can catch pinfish. You can catch catfish. You can catch gaff tops. You can catch, uh, let's see, you can catch maybe the occasional shark. You can catch stingrays, skates, crabs. uh, I mean, you name it. If it's strictly about just going out and catching fish. You don't need to go out there in a $60,000 yeah, boat.
1: Yeah, but there's nothing funner than getting on, like he's saying, there's nothing funner than getting on a group of uh, sea trout and a bag full of shrimp. And and knowing like,
2: that you can't keep any of them. You can whoa. eat as many gaff tops as you want.
1: Go mm-hmm. get them. Go
2: fill up the boat.
1: No, I'm just <laughs> saying from a fun perspective. <laughs> That's
2: fun. Gaff tops are a lot of fun, except you got to clean all your fishing line afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Well, Ken, I'm not beating up on you. I'm just saying I think that there's a lot of people. We had some calls last it, week, and uh, people are frustrated. They really are. It, it, yeah,
3: for, yeah, for sure. Like I said, there's people on both sides of that coin. That you know, there's those guys that want to keep fish. There's guys like like my trips are all catch and release. We don't keep any meat on my trips. And but, that's, but that's, there's definitely the guys that love to do it.
0: And that's all good. And nobody's infringing on your right to choose that. But when you put an emergency closure on something that is not an emergency. You know, I have a problem with that personally. That it, that excludes the right and limits the the other people's ability to do their free choice.
3: Oh no, so, I, I I agree with you. Like I said, there's people on both sides of the point. I don't I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the closure because I like how good the fishing is in the bay. But I I completely understand the guys that are are upset because they want to be able to keep dinner trips and I, and uh, I'm not I think, asking you know,
2: I'm, I'm not asking to fill my boat up with. Uh, with my max of sheep's head, Uh, you know, if I caught two really nice ones, that'd be it for the day. Uh, You know, those would go in the cooler, and we'd go home, fillet them, and and have a good time. I mean, uh, mean, we're allowed 50 panfish per person in a boat when we do the panfish challenge every year, which, by the way, is Saturday uh, the 20th of June. Um, But uh, rarely do you see anybody do that. I mean, they go out, they throw out, uh, like uh, they cull them (laughs) out. to try to keep the biggest ones when they go in and do weigh-in. But when me and the kids went out there, we caught some medium-sized ones. I think we kept maybe six or eight and, and had dinner that night. And that was it. And that was between the right. three of us.
3: Yeah, it's all about being responsible.
2: Yeah, and I, I you think know, that... You I think don't eat
3: more than you're going to eat. And...
2: Well, I, I don't want to, you know, name names or anything like that, but I think that those who are from here and raised here understand that. And I think that sometimes when you get uh, those... Newly arrived, who uh, get off the boat dock, and they've got about sixteen different species of fish that you would look at and go, "Are you really going to eat those ladyfish, man? Is that what they're called?" Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, those are ladyfish. We I call don't... them bait, but that's... yeah, I, I, you're going to take those right. home and clean them, and they're like, "Yeah, they're the fish. We're going to go eat them." Well, okay. well good luck Braden with that. Is,
0: Braden ran into a guy that likes to eat tarpon. So
2: yeah, which I still can't fathom. Uh, you know, the, you can't get the smell off your hands for a week after just putting it in their mouth to get the hook out. I couldn't imagine trying to eat. Yeah,
3: that. that's that's for sure.
2: So anyway,
0: <laughs> so so if somebody wanted to go and participate in this catch and release uh, what, what's a good what's a good bait that's out there right now?
3: I'll tell you what: cut thread fins have been have been a real good choice for for the bigger snook uh bait's still pretty deep so you're catching on the deeper markers catching it out of the sky way and uh they're they're definitely happy to hit live bait too if you can get it it's just a little harder to get right now uh, but cut thread fin and shrimp haven't been haven't been a, a distant second by any tri- by any uh stretch
2: well it's that time of year it's like uh bass fishing or anything else they, it's water's cold they don't want to have to they don't have to go too far to chase it. I'm not it. chasing
1: you. Come here. Yeah,
2: so if it's cut bait or anything, yeah. they're like, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just take that. It's a lot easier than yep. trying to the run around. On the warmer
3: days, we we try to use some live bait. On the cooler days, we throw some cutthroat fins out there, and and like I said, we've been you know easy 40 to 70 snook a day on a four-hour trip.
2: That's a, that's a big lie. There's just no way. It's, that's not even possible. Well, listen. Brandon, I,
3: you got to come out with me, bud.
2: No, Are you kidding and go out and get skunked? I'm not going <laughs> to. No, hang on a second. I want to talk to you when we come back from break, all right? So hold on, Mike. Sure. All right, hold a second. We're talking with uh, Captain Michael Baird. Uh, we're going to take a fast break, you guys. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. If you want to call in and contradict everything that we've been saying, 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010, and uh, we'll talk to Bring you when it you out. get back. <laughs> that was fast. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, on the phone, we have Captain Mike Barrett on the phone. But before we get back to him, uh, let me remind you, if you are a fisher person, especially if you're a young fisher person, or if you got youngins around, uh, we'd love to see you
1: fisher out at
2: the 6th uh, Annual Panfish Challenge out at the Panavis Lodge on Lake Panasofki. It's happening on Saturday, June 20th at 8 a.m. That's when it starts, so I would suggest you get your butt in line with the boat Around uh, sixes or show, so that you can be out there in line. Because I think last year we did. If you were prepaid, you got a head start. Didn't they like take off like five minutes earlier than everybody else the no. last year? I don't think so. Yeah, that's what they did. They did it in two different ways, dude. We had what well, we have like seventy-five boats, seventy-five boats, a bunch. And uh, I mean, on each one of those boats, we had a bunch of kids and grandparents and family and friends and loved ones and. I mean, they went out and had a great time. But uh, if you want more information, go to our Facebook page. It's right there. The sixth annual Panfish Challenge on Lake Panasofki up at uh, the Panavista Lodge, happening on Saturday, June twentieth. We will be there broadcasting live that morning, and it'll be total chaos for the entire day. But it'll be awesome. And if you got kids, you'd be uh, you'd be very remiss in uh, not having the go and up there experience. It's not a
0: long day's event. No lunch We're done.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you go around kicking tires and looking at other people's boats and everything else out of there, you'll be uh, there until 2 o'clock. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much in, done, Gap, boom, bang, bow, we're out. So, Captain Mike, you going to bring your kids up there? I mean, because I think you got like 12. What's up with you captains? <laughs>
3: I've got one, but I might have some kids I can bring with me. Yeah, that would
2: be awesome. I mean, it's like Captain Mike Pollard, man. I think he's got like 42 kids now, doesn't he? I don't know. <laughs> when he's not on the water. I thought he's... he was up around 14 or 15. I don't know. know. He's yeah. got a kabillion of them, but uh, we'd love to see we, you guys you, up there.
0: You, we laugh, but yeah. it is a really good time, and those kids have a blast. You just go out there, and we've had people who do tournament fishing come up and talk about how much fun it is just to take all that, and throw it by the wayside, and just go have fun with the family, and
2: a chance to win some decent money yeah. too. And, and I and it's I'm like tell- five
0: hundred dollars for the heaviest five it, fish.
2: Well, yeah, and if you got the heaviest bluegill and the heaviest shellcracker, you're walking away with seven hundred bucks plus the fish that you want to keep. Yeah, it ain't like a bass tournament where you got to turn them loose. But uh, the <laughs> other the other thing is is that it's twenty five dollars per boat, not per person. It's per boat twenty five dollars. 35 on the day of, if you procrastinate a little bit. But if you bring four kids up there, they're walking out of there with about $230. About $160, $170 worth of stuff. Because I think those kids walked away with like $40 worth of.
0: Stuff in each hand. Bit, they've In years past, they've all gotten a fishing pole and some tackle and some other stuff. And bait.
2: Uh, you got a bait bucket. You got it full of baits, uh, big dog baits. I know that Folsom and uh, uh, Tsunami and everybody, they all donated stuff. Those kids walked away going, this is mine? Yeah. I get to keep this? Yeah. <laughs> it was all good. But uh, I was going to ask you, Captain, the reason I want to keep you on through the break. I know we've kind of made some fun of everything that's in tampa bay and all that kind of good stuff like that but in a year from now okay let's i just want to be hypothetical with you because you you're out there every single day and i know you said you enjoy the amount of fish that are out there but when this year is up do you uh do you believe that there'll be so many people out there who will start to keep those fish that will be right back at square one again
3: well, you know, they made some of the uh, bag limits. They've, they've they've made it a little more stringent. I think that helps some. And as long as people are responsible, I think the fishing's going to stay good. Um, you know, the guys that are out there a lot, they're going to be able to find fish. I mean, that's not going to be an issue. Um, you know, you just hope people are responsible when they when they do open those seasons back up. Keep what you can eat and and throw back what you can't.
2: I, I understand that, but I'm thinking that uh, you know, it's kind of like when people get to a buffet. It's like uh, I got a lot I'm of catching eat up more to
0: do. than I can because it might I don't have access to it later. Yeah,
2: because I'm not going to eat again for you know until tomorrow morning. So let's you know let's look at all this shrimp. I'm going to take 18 pounds of it back to the table. You know what I mean? It's like right. Uh, you know how human behavior is. You know and when you deny somebody something for so long, sometimes they have a tendency well, to overdo it. And, and you know what? If you get caught with uh, 15 trout. Then what are they going to happen? They're going to write you a ticket, and you don't get any trout, and but you're still taking 15 out of the out of the market per
1: se.
3: Right, right, yeah. I think uh, you know. I think it's going to be a vicious cycle if, if you see that happen. I think you'll go right back into the closures, and uh, I, I think you really have to balance that out. That's why I really like that they made tighter bag limits.
0: Yeah, and and for me, I didn't agree with the tighter bag limits. Me either. When and this is the reason is we have a man, if you look at what the management goal is and what the SPR and where we're supposed to be, we're we're exceeding that. We were the only parts of the state that exceed the management goals. Now and that's
2: despite Rick Kreisman's best efforts to kill it with sewage.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but you you as well as myself, I, I I call we remember the glory days when you could have. Absolutely no fishing experience. Go out there, and the, the trout were so thick, you couldn't help but to catch one on every cast almost. And I, Yeah, absolutely. I, I call that the Playboy Mansion type-like It They were everywhere, okay? And now you're working the bar, you know? But it, it's just not as many targets out there, per se. But... Mm. For those who who are decent at it, there's there's lots of fish.
2: Only only Bill George would come up with a Playboy Mansion metaphor. <laughs> seriously,
0: <laughs> but but that you we we had. If you look at the scientific data, and this is where I'm a numbers man, okay, I believe if we're scientifically where we need to be at our goal, then we should be able to fish, and we should be able to keep something as long as we're staying within the management goal. Wow, that should have been your argument for Goliath Grouper as well. Well, Where we're, we're working you? on that. But look at – do you have a, a, a stake in the game with the uh, Bunker Grand jig rule? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No. No, I don't.
0: See, I looked at what they did to those people who were down there fishing and using a jig as dang right wrong. Scientifically, there was no – reason for it they they claimed the people jig fishermen were foul hooking those fish and those fish had no intention of biting that bait whatsoever and so they went in there and tried to shut that down on a political basis and and they did they did do something along that line but i thought that was wrong because that person wasn't out there they're not tail hooking them they're they're catching them in the mouth the only thing
2: that i ever foul hooked out there was a uh, bull shark (laughs)
0: <laughs> seriously
2: I after he
1: took the tarpon off that you hooked. Uh, no, but,
2: he didn't I, I foul hooked him in the pectoral he swam through the line it it went up the jig went up of course as it does and boom, hooked right into it where his shoulder would be it was a great fight broke a rod on that bad so, boy
0: but but i looked at things like that as wrong scientifically there wasn't a reason for it it was political and i think personally that the closure while it well i don't doubt that it will help I don't think scientifically it was there for the to keep us in the management goals when we're above the management goals.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, I think next year you're going to see it open. I think they're going to be there's going to be a lot of pressure. You know, there's a lot of people that go to these fish and wildlife hearings that they have, um, and I think you're going to see a lot more pressure on your politicians and your your FWC scientists to get those seasons open back up.
2: Oh, man. I'm yeah. I I i, I uh, I'm sorry. I'm just at that point. I talked to the guys last week about it. I said, I'm just at that point now where it's like uh, I know my boy J.J. has just given up on inshore. He went and got certified for diving. He's like, I can go offshore and shoot anything I want just about. So I don't have to go buy anything and just go out and, and go out. Because he's about bringing fish home. And right. uh, if you got guys who are doing
1: that, <laughs> well, and like we were talking about it during the break, and this is something, this is the argument I have with. I'm friends with a lot of captains, and there's a lot of guys I deal with at the archery shop, and I look at it from a deer and a wildlife management standpoint. And me and Bill were just having this conversation. Your land is only going to carry so much, and there's a reason why you harvest animals and take them off of the land so it keeps balance my biggest thing as a land manager as a, as a wildlife manager is are we really doing the right thing by not freshening up the bloodlines and everything else just to me because to me with fish it's the same as animals it, you have a new bloodline or a new strain that comes into the gene pool for a reason, and that's because it helps it to fight diseases or become cold-weather tolerant. I mean, you know, just there's hundreds of things. There's a reason why it's God designed it that way. That's so just my saying, way of looking at it.
2: You're saying the things have to die to make things better?
1: Uh, Jim Shockey says it best. Death begets life, begets death, begets life. I mean, that's just well, how I and, look at it. And
2: you can, you, and my Captain Mike, you know this as well as I do, there are still plenty of fish that are dying out there every day that are foul hooked, that you can't keep. Uh, and or, it, are that trout, are t-
0: trout is a very high death rate
1: for catching. And that, that
2: dolphins are eating as soon as you let them go. I mean, it's just, yep. I mean, it's still and happening. That,
1: and it, don't get me wrong, Captain Mike. That's like me and my daughter, we, last charter trip we went on, we went with a guy down in Anna Maria that Mike Anderson hooked me up with. And we had two trout that were foul-hooked, and I had to sit there and watch that trout just flop, swimming off, knowing that... Crab bait. Uh, yeah. Yeah. N- knowing that... Uh,
3: no, it's gonna it. Knowing it's not going to uh, make it. It's
1: not I mean, and that's, to me, that's wasteful. That's just how I feel about it. I would rather that trout go home with me, and I get to eat the trout. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know... you know Well, for,
2: for you, Captain, I know that's probably something that uh, is heartbreaking as well, when Oh, yeah. You know, you get a, a nice giant bull red who swallowed the entire, uh, you know, uh, M77, and there's no way you're going to get it out of there yeah. without killing it. So you got two choices. You know, you, you either kill it and as you get the, the lure out, or you just cut it loose and watch $12 swim away. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I can let. Li- yeah. And, and, and it yeah. Happened. Yeah, and I can live with that, watching $12 swim away, if I knew that fish was going to survive. That's the thing about it is,
0: you know. Anyways.
1: Well, Well, enough of our complaining. You're saying everything's
2: going great out there, so yay.
3: Everything's (laughs) going great on the flats for sure. Lots of redfish, (laughs) lots of trout, lots of snook. We're We're doing real well right now.
2: Now, if somebody would like to go out and actually catch fish and have a good time, uh where can they get a hold of you you got a facebook page i know that but do you have a website or anything yeah
3: you check me out at realinsanefishing.com. give me a call at 813-563-9725
2: now uh, let me ask you what kind of boat are we fishing in here are we a 10 foot john boat or we in a 14 24
3: and a half foot blue wave with a 300 yamaha on it there you go there
2: you go nice reliable we uh, we can
3: cover some water
2: nice reliable scooty scooter Hey, now, is this considered a bay boat, or is this strictly a a flats boat? It's a bay boat.
3: It's It's a bay boat. So we could go
2: go offshore.
3: Yeah. We could could do a little bit of offshore fishing with it. We could go
2: offshore where you could actually keep some fish.
3: Stop it.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I'm just saying.
3: Give me a call, Braden. We'll make
2: something happen. God almighty. <laughs> just bring the dynamite and we'll be ready. Dude, Jesus. All right.
1: All Generator right, and some more Bigger Wild is not responsible for any citations or jail time. You will serve. Thank you very much.
2: The dynamite is for signaling <laughs> right. in case we get in trouble. That's all it's for. Jeez.
1: That's right.
2: God, I didn't think it was your first day fishing. All right, Captain Michael Baird, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. Go enjoy your weekend. It's going to be beautiful outside.
3: Thanks, guys. Have a good
2: one. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding and Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Come on now. You want to stay right here. It gets really good. Welcome back, everybody. Big and wild outdoors. Braden, Jonathan.
1: Sorry if you caught a little bit of that conversation. I'm going to turn my mic on. Bill,
2: and George, and Diego behind the glass over there. Thanks again to Captain Mike Baird for calling the show. Oh, by the way, I was looking at his Facebook page. What a great idea. You captains that are listening to the show, you might want to get on this bandwagon. Captain Mike is offering McDill AirFest seating available on his boat what a great idea to go out and see that from the water enjoy it out there and not have to deal with the crowd and the traffic on del mabry and
1: get uh, buzzed by f-18s and stuff all day long because
2: they come right over the tops of the water right there that's that's an awesome idea uh mcdill air fest happening on sunday 29th of march 2020 and if you would like to go out and see it from the water affordable prices and no crowds just no you, crowds. And who, no crowds. Just you and whoever's on the boat, man. No crowds. <laughs> what? <laughs> and you can fish while you're out there.
1: There you go. It's, it's a win-win.
2: That's, win-win.
1: That's a, uh,
0: if he's not fully booked up, manage. Be... Manage. If you're taking the ladies, manage your fluid intake. Yes. That's
2: what a five-gallon buck is for, man. Just go up there and put a sweater. on. do what you got to do.
0: Not everybody is as comfortable as you.
2: Here's an idea. Jump over the side. Stay in the waters three feet hang it, deep.
1: Hang it off. Three Take feet care deep. of it. Let's go.
2: Diggy, diggy, diggy. Get in. Wipe off with a towel. <laughs> You're all good to go.
1: I don't know. Bill might have a good point, though, that day. If it's, uh, I'm just saying. Continuous weather patterns like we're having here lately. Uh-huh. I don't know too many ladies that are going to want to jump in that 50-something degree water. and uh, yeah,
2: It'll make you go a lot quicker. Haven't you ever jumped in cold water before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually within about thirty make seconds, you go, you're going. Hey, Man, I gotta. Make nah, you go, I didn't have to before, but no,
1: nah, really. Make you have go to. a lot quicker to uh, suck something up in your stomach pretty quick too. <laughs> wow.
2: I have an unnamed friend. uh We were offshore fishing, and we were about maybe twenty, thirty miles offshore, and all of a sudden, he's one of those who is uh definitely
1: bladder, afraid of sharks.
2: Bladder shy on on a boat, you know. <laughs> It's not that he can't in front of people, it's just that the motion of the boat and the movement of a boat and all that stuff, it just it doesn't happen. So oh, we were like laugh. we were like, just jump in, man. Just just jump in and do what you gotta do. Well, a little bit earlier, about a half hour earlier, we had about a six a visitor? We had about a six foot barracuda that was swimming around the boat, you know, following oh, some fish boy. up. And uh, he was like, "Do you think that barracuda's still around here?" We're like, "No, oh, man,
1: go right ahead. Do, do, do what you, know, you got to do." Right out of the boat, wasn't he?
2: So strips down to the skivvies, you know, jumps over and is hanging on to the back of the Yamaha, and he's got one hand over on the boat, one hand on the Yamaha, and he's getting ready to uh, commune with nature. And, and the other unnamed friend at the front of the boat goes, "You might want to hurry swimming back here." <laughs> Needless to say, the now underweared person came leaping out of the water. I don't even think he even, I don't think he actually even finished completed the uh, the uh, expulsion cycle while he was out there doing his thing. So, and didn't mention, didn't mention you it to, again for the whole trip, so it was amazing.
1: I was just waiting for you to give me the whole. He jumped in there and was doing his business, and the barracuda mistaken something for uh, no. We didn't bait get fish. to that.
2: We didn't get to that point. It was not that bad. Uh, Beast Feast coming up on March twenty first. It's happening out in Lake Wales, at the FFA LTC. Yes, the Learning Training Center. A beautiful facility out there. Uh, they have plenty of. They got a hotel right there, so you could uh, book a room for Friday night, spend the night out there in the country. It's so quiet, so quiet, so peaceful.
1: As Bre- as Braden says, so one nice. of the few places in Florida that you can get that you don't hear any cars.
2: No, I mean, no planes flying over, none of that, man. It's just like, oh.
1: Crickets, they'll be, matter of fact, uh, like I said, this week, I'm probably going to uh, install the new one-and-done fish feeder that's going to be. Put out on the dock? Yes. No way. And uh, Oh, dude,
2: I'm going to get there on Thursday. Then a, if few, you're on a, a,
1: a few other one-and-dones that will be strategically placed around the property. To... Put one on the
2: old dock down and at the end down there.
1: I'm working cle- on it.
2: Dude, clear out all those those uh lily pads out front right there put it down on the old dock where nobody can go anymore because there's so many lily pads choked in there
1: Yeah, dude yeah where all the alligators dude. hang out
0: who
2: cares <laughs> poke
1: alligators. them out of the way with a fishing <laughs> now rod now you got my I attention knew, <laughs> i
2: knew
0: i would perk him up when <laughs> I said now you that. got my attention
2: all they'll do is eat bobbers it's no right. big deal uh but anyway it's coming up on march 21st out at the uh lake wales uh ltc learning trade. it's in at the end of fire tower road it is a dead end you will drive and you will make the turn and you will drive and you will drive and then you'll go somebody needs to check the gps make sure we're on the right road because if we shouldn't take this long to get down here you as i did the first you, time you I won't went hear any there.
1: banjos and uh, go down and uh, go I, to the very I end i still remember that conversation okay i'm on this fire tower road but where do I, i'm like it's. Dead, I've been
2: going for like a hundred miles, and I haven't seen anything dead yet. Dead
1: ends into the place. I'm like huh? dead
2: ends where I'm almost into Key West.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then you get the oh, I see a gate. I'm like hey, you're there. Yeah.
2: Wow. Are you by the lake? Yeah, there's a lake. Okay, well then you're almost here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, bring the kids, bring the family. It is a beautiful time, and I'm telling you, it is out there in the country, and it is true. It's like the Panavista Lodge. It makes you want to stay outside after dark. Mm -hmm. You just get out there in the evening, and it's just so quiet and peaceful and nice and relaxing.
0: If you're there, it can't be quiet.
2: Dude, am I not quiet when I'm out there? (laughs) Except in the next morning.
0: Jonathan?
1: Jonathan? I'm not saying a word. What? The good I'm Lord is listening. I uh,
2: uh, The evening that we get there, it's all nice and good. We go He's out, very stroll. docile
1: on Friday, yes.
2: <laughs> See, so take that, Bill George. Now, here's the mistake that they make every year. They make us go out there. Not make uh, us, but they have us go and broadcast from the area where the cafeteria and all that stuff is for breakfast. And what is that place every year when we go in there? What? It's an echo chamber. It's oh, a big man. vaulted all, cathedral all ceiling. I is ceiling. This,
0: this. I've never been because it's always during turkey season. Okay. Yeah. And it was the place that you had Carlos drive all the way out to. And the night before, y'all had determined that you had to be back in the studio. <laughs> Well, issue. that's because
2: the engineer didn't show up with the equi- broadcast equipment.
0: Yeah, we had a little technical issue. and so But nobody told Carlos, and Carlos drove all the way out Well, there. I don't
2: think I knew. I didn't even think I knew the Carlos was coming out. That was the the problem. I would have called him, trust me. But, yeah, that was a quick turnaround. I think me and the kids arrived there on Friday night. Got nestled into the beds and all that stuff. Found out there was none, so we were up at 4 o'clock in the morning driving all the way back to St. Pete to be on the air here at the studio. <laughs> I think they were passed out in a room somewhere over here. They were like, <sighs> "Yeah, they were done. But we'll be there this year, okay? March 21st, Beast Feast out at the uh, LTC uh, Learning Training Center for the FFA out in Lake Wales, right. so come on out. Great food. We didn't even talk about that stuff. The next day, when they have the big giant beast feast, it's the the, the, the feed thief, pork, corn, pheasant, blah blah. I mean, it's everything. L- Crawfish, L-
1: literally, like what they had out at uh, Glenham Church. You could it's that's actually even a bigger feed than that.
2: Yeah, it's probably about uh, five times that size because it's everything. Boiled, from boiled peanuts to uh, homemade ice cream, swamp cabbage, swamp yeah, pheasant and rice, uh, swamp cabbage, yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, it goes fast. Corn on the cob, I mean all the veggies. I mean it's just it's, I'm I'm it's crazy. wanting to
0: try that. I try to make it. I've eaten it. I've had
1: different kinds. I, I will get you in touch with my mother because she will give you the correct recipe the, to make. There was cabbage. a
0: recipe that I had one time at Cracker Country. Over there, at the state fair, that was it had a lot of pepper and different things in it, and it was extremely good. Then I had one somewhere else, and it was more like a milk type like thing, and I did not care for that one yeah. her, near as much as her. There.
1: Ours is the cream. We have the use the heavy cream with the pepper and the bacon and the. Ba- was the, that the one you said yes. you didn't like though? No, I, I don't know. It, it well, was some, more like a milk. Yeah, some people do the, they do more of the uh, condensed milk and stuff like that, but they don't really put the. That's sweet. The bacon and the pepper and all that to it that really gives it the punch.
2: Bacon and pepper on anything, pretty much, uh, we could take this bag here.
1: <laughs> put, Touchdown.
2: Put paper, you put bacon and pepper on there and well, when we soak it back. in water.
0: When we come back, I want to tell people how they can get involved with uh, some of the FWC stuff next next uh, month or coming up here, some CWD meetings coming up. That'll be
2: in hour number three, which is right around the corner. We're taking a break for the top of the hour. We hope you'll stay with us. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. You can call us at 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. Brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors in beautiful Plant City. And, of course, Brandon Ford right there in ho Brandon, there you go. It's pretty simple to figure out. We'll see you next hour. Stay here.